Um, <laughs> today's one of those days. The week was a little bit unusual because uh, Eric was supposed to be talking to you this morning, and of course, he is unable, so there's been a change of plans. But um, so I'm, I'm scrambling a bit. And then as I was preparing for this morning, you know, sometimes you work on something and work on something and rework it and rework it. You say, this isn't it. Boy, I hate when you realize it isn't it an hour before Sunday school. <laughs> but it just, it was all academic. It, it fit, but it wasn't what we needed, I guess. Only God and you will be the judge of whether I've rightly discerned that or not. But... um. I want to talk today about something that's extremely important related to the fruit of the Spirit. We're in a series on the fruit of the Spirit. But there's an issue that is related to the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's the number one hindrance, I believe, to growing the fruit of the Spirit in your life. I've seen it over and over again in me and in many others, that the fruit of the Spirit is hindered by this certain issue. I've not only seen the fruit of the Spirit hindered, but therefore I see the church is hindered because for all the great visions and programs and stuff we have, if, if we're choked and hindered by this issue, we, will, um, we, won't, we won't grow. We, the church will struggle. The church will be stuck because so many people in the church are stuck. Aren't you dying to know what I'm talking about? I'm not going to, no, I'll tell you. <laughs> we had a certain house when I was a landscaper. It was on a corner, and it was a new lawn, but it was kind of on a hill, a little bit of a hill, and the soil was apparently very acidic because the grass really wouldn't grow. I mean, it was so thin, and a little bit of sun, and it just fried out it was totally brown and you'd walk on it in the summer and you'd leave foot brown footprints and you know I didn't care if I had to cut it in it every week anyway it didn't matter to me but um it wasn't a very nice lawn so what we did is tested the soil and treated the soil with lime and taught the uh house owners how to water it right you know the right amount at the right time you don't just dump a ton of water on there and then if you get it all wet, you're tracking it up and leaving ruts, and it's, it's more trouble than it was before. But with a little bit of uh, right treatment and, and right, um, right lime and different treatments on there, that soon it had green grass, thicker grass. I went back a number of years ago to visit that house just because I was driving down Lander Road in Orange Village, Ohio, and, and sure enough, um, it's a lush green lawn. And it was funny, even, even though I was, that wasn't my thing, I had a sense of satisfaction saying I was at the foundation of that turning from a dead lawn, a thin lawn, a brown lawn, to what it is today. I'm glad I don't have to cut it today. <laughs> I like cutting it better when it was dead. That's just... <laughs> but um, th the point is that there was acid in the soil so much that it couldn't grow well. And I can't help but think as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and our growth, what are the acids in the soil of our souls that hinder the growth of the fruit of the Spirit? Sometimes the problem is that our, our souls, our minds and hearts and our wills and our emotions have acid in them. And as the fruit of the Spirit 
is taking root and growing, they don't grow very well. Why? Because of the acid. We need treated, our souls treated, our souls neutralized to the growth of the spirit. And there are many things that do this, but if I had to summarize biblically, I would say the number one acid is bitterness. That's what hinders the church. That's what hinders Christians, number one. Oh, there's others. Don't get me wrong. But bitterness is the one that I see the most. Bitterness can be unforgiveness for someone who hurt you. It can be anger and disappointment over the circumstances of life. It can be grief and pain over the terrible circumstances of life. But if we let our hearts become bitter, it's like acid. You don't grow love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control if you're bitter. And I want us to know that I'm going to be addressing hard things today, but this is not meant in a judgmental way. I'm right there with you, okay? But it's a fact. If we're bitter, we won't grow the fruit of the Spirit. If we're bitter, we won't grow at all. We have to face this issue. So wherever you are on this, whatever the cause, as I said, this is not judgmental, like what's wrong with you for, no, it's saying we're all struggling in the same race. Let's together address this issue so that we can see lush fruit in our lives. That's the point. And let's work together and pray together to see improvements in the soil of our souls. Amen? That's my burning passion for the church this morning. And that's what I think God was bringing out as I was doing this other message of just going, eh, oh, it's true, it's good, I believe it, but it just isn't where we are. But I think this is because we've done several, maybe four weeks of the fruit of the Spirit. Now let's talk about why we don't see the fruit of the Spirit grow. And I think this is the number one issue. We want to look at, um, well, let me... What is bitterness? The Greek word is pikros. It sounds kind of, I guess it kind of sounds like it. It's kind of a little bit onomatopoeia maybe. But think about a, the bitter spirit. Everybody make a bitter face. Ready? Okay, do. Oh, boy. Come on. I can wait. You look ridiculous. Oh, boy. (laughs) Boy, Rachel's bitter. Sister, you need to come down and get cleansed. (laughs) But think about, you know, yeah, we do look ridiculous when we're, you know. But I hate to see what I just looked like. Think that goes on Facebook? Hmm. Wipe that one out. (laughs) But think of that, if that's the condition of our souls and our minds and our hearts when we're bitter, and it is. That's why we have to face this if we want to see the fruit of the Spirit grow. Uh, Notice on the top of your outline, Hebrews 12, 15. See to it. See to it, don't let it go, that 
No one falls short of the grace of God. Now, they're Christians he's writing to. But he's saying, don't fail to live out God's grace, which was manifested to you and demonstrated to you and has been made real to you in Christ. Don't fall short of that grace. Live it out fully. See that no bitter root, there it is, grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitter root. Of course, the bitter spirit starts with a bitter root. And we are going to look at three things. The root of bitterness, the fruit of bitterness, and then the boot of bitterness. What's the boot of bitterness? It means we're booting it out. And by the way, I looked this up. This is a legitimate use of the English language. I know by now you're used to mean using English in non-legitimate ways, but this is legitimate. It really it does mean the boot. Give it the boot. And that's what we want to do, right? We don't want to be bitter brothers, sour sisters, caustic Christians, or cynical saints. And that's what we become if we do not give bitterness the boot. Let's look at the root of bitterness. The root of bitterness. Well, what happens? How do we get a root of bitterness growing? And that's, at that time, it's under the soil. But what happens, as we said, is circumstances in our life cause us to be bitter. We face difficulty, we face loss, we face pain, deprivation, and we allow that to be internalized as anger and a sense of, of being hurt and frustrated and deprived, and it turns to bitterness. Or we get hurt by others. Sometimes they're the same thing, but sometimes it's a matter that somebody hurts me, I don't forgive them. I internalize it. And what happens? Bitter root grows. Now, one thing about a bitter root, as it says here in Hebrews, is when a bitter root grows up, it doesn't stay a root. A root you expect to be underground, right? But what happens is the root grows up and then says it causes trouble and defiles many. And that's the fruit of bitterness. The fruit of bitterness. Now let me ask you a question. Does bitterness cause trouble? And does bitterness defile many? I would say yes, and I want you to join me in um, Ephesians chapter 4, where we will see an example. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Verse 31 of Ephesians chapter 4. Get rid of all bitterness. Okay, that there's our word picross. Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. There it is. Notice the fruit of bitterness. You have bitterness, then you have what comes next. Rage. Rage. <laughs> you know, bitter spirit is kind of a settled anger. Rage. Grows up. Or wrath. Anger. Rage and anger. 
Now, anger is the broad word, but the idea is anger that then gets released somewhere. And you know how it goes sometimes. You're talking to somebody, you say something, and all of a sudden, they're all down your throat about something. And the kids, years ago now, but I'm old enough to remember many generations now, and they would say, that was random. And I thought, that's one of the better teenage phrases I've heard because it's, it, but the truth is it only felt random. It wasn't really. Bitterness. The root of bitterness was growing the fruit of bitterness, and so it was not random to them. It was random to me because I didn't understand what was going on, and they may not have understood either, but it raged up from inside something legitimate. Have you been there? And you've done that. Thank you, because I've certainly done it. And I've certainly felt it from others. And I've watched others lose great relationships and marriages and family and friendships because it happened to them and it just multiplied. And that's what we see happening here as we continue to look at the fruit of bitterness, brawling and slander. What's brawling? He's a barroom brawler. The foreigner used to say he's a backstreet mauler, a ballroom brawler. I think he's going to blacken your eye. Someone who likes to fight. And everything's a classic rock song in a Flintstones episode for me. Just get used to that, and you'll and you'll be okay. <laughs> I'm very cultured. Um. Slander, what is slander? It's saying bad things about another person in a place that's not appropriate to hurt them. It's slander someone's character. The word is blasphemy. If you say it against God, it's blasphemy. If you say it against a person, it's slander. But it's just doing the same thing both ways. Along with every form of malice, which is hatred or... um despising. It's even worse than hatred because you can hate somebody that you hold in esteem whereas malice is like, you're nothing. Okay, So this is all to be done away with, but this is the fruit of bitterness. It's not the only fruit of bitterness. There's more examples, but are we good to stop there for now? So, but, but, but that's what he means by saying it grows up, right? The fruit of, root of bitterness, it grows up. It no longer is a hidden root. It becomes very obvious. It um, defiles many. Causes trouble in your relationships, in your responsibilities, in your spirit, and then it defiles others. Oh, you might get away with a certain amount of bitterness and anger inside, but then it's going to start to affect others. What happens when a bitter person slanders others? What happens when a bitter person blows up at somebody? What happens when somebody over here believes the slander that I told against him, and they tell somebody else? Wars get started that way. Literal wars, shooting wars, and 
wars among people and families. We don't want the fruit of bitterness, do we? We all know it's that face again. That's why sometimes when some, you know, the holidays are coming up, right? Timely, 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 because I think I've got to go to my brother's house on Thanksgiving. And we go, bitterness. Why? Because of the fruit of bitterness that has been sown around the family. So let's talk about the boot of bitterness. Boot it out. How do we boot it out? Well, here's the first part. Don't deny it. In other words, you have to face bitterness. You know, one of the things about forgiving and specifically related to bitterness, say forgive and forget. As soon as you forget, you don't forgive. You can only forgive something you remember. It says that God, it talks about God forgetting, but that's metaphorical. But if you forget something, it's like, well, he's, he's losing his mind, so he no longer holds any bitterness. You know, wouldn't that be nice? No, it really isn't. It's not good either. So, so that's a, that's a, it, it's a deception. We're not supposed to forget. We're supposed to forgive. And in order to forgive, you have to face it. And, you're not, and not just blow it off, but face it and say, that really hurt. That really messed me up. That has made me dread family gatherings for the last 20 years. So we have to not deny it. So we look at some of these things and, you know, I know how it is when you're hearing stuff like this and you're sitting in a crowd. So you don't really want to become vulnerable, right? You don't want to become too vulnerable. So you kind of develop a shield of protection and you wear, you have this little shield and you kind of bounce it off like, oh, I think that, I think that person over there needs to hear this. You bounce it off there and you think, I'm glad these people are hearing about bitterness and anger, and wrath, and slander, because they really need it. And then you find that the Holy Spirit sticks a big mirror in front of you and says, huh, look, that's who needs it. Psalm 1 39 says, and we're going to pray this at the end, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, know my heart, know what's in there, and lead me in the right way the everlasting way. Don't deny it. Don't disguise it. (laughs) Christians are great at this. Oh, they're great at this. I know sometime I have a passion for holiness. A passion for holiness 
does not nitpick other people, control other people, criticize other people. That's not holiness. It's unholiness. I hope we do have a passion for holiness, but the holiest person who ever lived said he was gentle in heart, not nitpicky, not judgmental, not picking fights and looking for people's flaws. Right? But so much bitterness is masked. Or this is this is the, the one, the champion. I have the gift of discernment. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're a critical person. You're a bitter person. The gift of discernment is about discerning the source of spiritual gifts. All you want to, you're just criticizing people. But that's like a widespread belief that that's what the gift of discernment is. I look at you and say, I can tell you exactly what's wrong. And you're like, whoa, I'm not capable of that in 20 years. (laughs) So we try to disguise our bitterness. Maybe it's like, I just, I'm, I'm a person that wants to solve problems, so I go after it. Well, that's good. But if you go after it as bitter as you are, I don't want to see the bodies you leave by the side of the road. Okay? The hearts that'll be broken. The confused and bleeding people that you leave in your wake. It's no biblical gift that I know. So don't try to disguise it. Do deal with it. Deal with it. Face it. Own it for what it is. I'm bitter. Maybe you're bitter and it's an understandable reason. You really have been hurt. You really have had a rough time. God knows. That's why God created lament. In the Psalms, we we pray to God, we talk to him honestly. One of the solutions is to to learn how to be emotionally honest with God and say, God, how long? Remember, we looked at Psalm 13 a number of weeks ago. How long is this going to keep going long, Lord? How long am I going to have to suffer like this? How long before you take care of this? How long before you hear my prayer? I feel stuck. I feel like you're ignoring me. We need to get down, down and dirty with God and say, this is how I feel. That's the way to come out the other end with faith again. Because if you look at the lament in the Psalms, it always starts off with the psalmist crying out to God, and at the end they're saying, praise the Lord. I don't understand anything more than when I started this pity party, but I'm no longer on a pity party. Instead of my pity party going to someone else and spreading it around, I talked directly to God, laid out my heart to God, wept, laid before him. And it's amazing that somewhere in the middle of my lament, God met me and changed my heart. Didn't change my circumstances necessarily. Didn't even change my heart in that I still absolutely hate and can't stand where I'm at. But somehow my attitude has shifted so much that it's, I'm a different person on this end. I'm still praising God. Maybe I'm just hanging on by a thread, but I'm hanging on. And I was about to sink. That's 
Write down Psalm 13 as an example. Write down Psalm 73. Remember, why are the wicked prospering? And the psalmist talks about, he says, when I went to the house of God, I realized that I was jealous of all these people that don't love God, and it was wrong. I'm not even seeing it clearly because I was hurting. And how does God wash our eyes and help us to see again? Through the tears of lament. You know the song, he washed my eyes with tears that I might see. But sometimes that's what it is. Face it. Deal with it. Confess it to God. I am bitter. I think I have a right to be bitter, but you tell me that bitterness will ruin me and keeps me from you, Lord, so I'm going to obey you and face this as the sin that it is. That's the only way that we're going to come free and clean and start to see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. But we also need some rootstock work. Rootstock. Pastor Adrian Rogers grew up in Florida around orange groves. Anyone know Adrian Rogers preaching? Oh. And he talks about how the citrus growers would sometimes come across orange trees that were actually sour oranges. And I don't know anything about sour oranges. I like sour stuff and sounds good to me, but I guess these things are bitter and, and inedible. They're perfect picture of what we're talking about in bitterness, right? So you've got this bitter thing that you can't eat. What they do when they, to, to fix the problem, is they graft. They cut the top and they graft onto it sweet Valencia stalk. And when they, and what grows out of the top is now sweet Valencia oranges. So they're able to take just a stalk of Valencia, good oranges, graft it in, and out the top comes sweet fruit. Sometimes we have a bitter root and a bitter stalk. Now, you could say, well, why don't the farmers just... Destroy the thing. Well, then you don't gain anything, right? Say, why don't they just replant it? Take it and put it over here and say, well, what's that going to do? If it's, a, if it's a sour orange, it's a sour orange. Your sour orange is going to grow over here just as it's going to, you know, you get off the plane a thousand miles away and you brought yourself. So you're still bitter. <laughs> I've, tried, I've, I've tried to run away from myself. Guess what? You can't do it. Doesn't work. You can't run away. Maybe you can rename it. It's a sour orange, but I'll just call it um, Sweetie. That'll change it, right? It won't? <laughs> like, you know, I have the gift of discernment. <laughs> no, you're bitter. Or maybe what you can do is just take some 
Valencia oranges and staple them onto the tree, right? That'll fix it. I read my Bible for 14 minutes, staple. I went to church on Wednesday, the last five weeks, staple, staple, staple. <laughs> I, I got myself involved in another thing at church. I, I built something back, I, I built a shelf back in staple, staple, staple. Well, I don't know about that. You've got to graft the sweet fruit into the stalk of the sour fruit so that it will transform and take over and grow sweet Valencia. We need to grow the fruit of the Spirit. We have to cut off the bitter root and graft into it The fruit of the Spirit, the, 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 the stock of the Spirit of God, which will grow the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. It's sort of like you have to cut off the sour, and you then have to grow the sweet to get rid of the sour. Now, what do we graft into the root, to the sour root? I'm glad you asked. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 4, if you're still there. Same context. Now, remember what we read, verse 30 and 31, 31, 32, was get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Now look at verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ forgave you. There's the first way to graft into the sour, the sweet. Forgiving as Christ forgave you. It's remembering the gospel and getting for being forgiven by God and saying, as God has forgiven me in Christ, this bitter root I now graft into it, the forgiveness of God that he has granted me in Christ. And notice the similarities. You've got some of the fruit of the Spirit listed here. You know, when we talk about it, you've got um, kindness and compassionate and forgiving each other. And you've got love that's next. And that's the next one, verse, chapter 5, verse 1. So first is God's forgiveness. The second is God's love. Be imitators of God, therefore, verse uh, 1 of chapter 5. As dearly loved children, live a life of love. Fruit of the Spirit is what? Many people believe love is the whole fruit of the Spirit, and every other part is a subcategory. Whether that's true or not, it's clear that love does subsume a lot of them. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So there it is, the forgiveness of God and the love of God. Bitter root, sour fruit. Cut it off. Put it away, it says. Anger, wrath, malice. Address it. Face it. Call it what it is. Pray against it. Reject it. And then graft the forgiveness we have received in Jesus Christ 
and the love of God for us. You could almost say the forgiveness has to do with when we need to forgive somebody, and the love has to do with when we're bitter because of our circumstances. Because a lot of times that's what we just say, I don't believe God loves me. I don't believe in the love of God anymore because of what I went through. Hey, I get it, but we need to graft in the sweet, sweet Valencia so that out of this plant now will no longer come bitter fruit, but rather sweet fruit, the fruit of God's spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control that come when it has been grafted, when the love and forgiveness of God have been grafted. The love and forgiveness of God demonstrated how? Through the person of Jesus Christ. And how did Jesus show his love to us? The cross. And how does Jesus forgive us? The cross. And what, how do we get the sweet nectar and the juices of the v- graft? The Holy Spirit who is given to us. When Jesus died, he rose again, he ascended to heaven, and now he sends us the Holy Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, says Paul, regarding the fruit of the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So, Let's pray and ask God to show us the areas in which we're bitter. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive or hurtful way in me. And lead me in the life, the way, everlasting. Father, we need some, we need some soul conditioning. We need some soul treatments to go on here. We know that life hands us a lot of bitter circumstances. We know that people do some bitter things. But you do not allow us to legitimately become bitter people. It's contrary to the cross. Jesus took our bitterness. Thank you, Jesus, for taking the bitterness, for taking the wrath, for taking the ugly of this life on the cross for taking our sin and the sins of others against us. Now help us to live in light of that glorious gospel, the glorious cross where we've been set free. Help us to remember your forgiveness of us and help us to remember your love for us shown in that cross, Father, so that we can experience the sour orange becoming sweet. The bitter root transforming into sweet fruit of the Spirit. I pray today that many of us will face this issue of bitterness 
not be overcome and devastated, but rather be energized through your spirit that as we have been given new life by your spirit, that the flesh has been put on the cross, that, Lord, we can experience a transformation of our hearts and our souls can become less acidic. And the fruit can multiply and be sweet. We give this time to you now as we pray, as we draw near to you. And you made it clear, Lord, that the way to bear much fruit is to abide in Jesus, remain close to Jesus. And the greatest graft that can take place is other things can come out of our lives and time and love to Jesus can be grafted in so that your fruit will multiply in our lives, Lord. Give us honest hearts, courageous hearts. Move, move through your spirit within us today, we pray. Amen.